0: And that's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that you better work hard in the beginning then after that we will show you our ways and it will become much easier that's why in Surah Al-Ankabut verse 69 Allah says mm-hmm. those who make that effort in our path who strive in our path so he's telling us you're gonna to have to work hard in the beginning to get onto the right track give up your bad company give up your bad environment your bad habits That's what we mostly, that's what we're struggling with, right? Right. Because with children, I mean, you can set them on the right path. They don't have to struggle so much. And then they just have to maintain it. But us as adults, if we've been on the wrong side of things, we've had the wrong company. That's what's going to happen. (laughs) Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. وَالصَّلَاةُ وَالسَّلَامُ عَلَىٰ سَيِّدِنَا مُحَمَّدُ وَعَلَىٰ آلِهِ وَصَحْبِهِ وَبَارَكَ وَسَلَّمَ تَسْلِيمًا كَثِيرًا إِلَىٰ يَوْمِ الدِّينِ أما بعد So we are on page 97 and today we're going to be covering a part of wisdom number uh, 49 This is what Ibn Ata'illah Al-Iskandari Rahimahullah the author says He says لا يعظم الذنب عندك تصدك عن حسن الظن بالله, بالله تعالى let no sin reach such proportions in your eyes that it cuts you off from having good opinion of Allah he then completes it and says, For indeed, whoever knows his Lord considers his sin as paltry next to his generosity. So, the main thing he's saying is that let there be no sin after you've sinned. Uh, this shouldn't be something that we think of before sinning. This is something that if we do happen to sin, then let no sin reach such proportion in your mind. That you continue to do it or that you think so gravely of it afterwards because shaitan wants us to do sin and then once we do it and if we have any kind of tawfiq and inclination towards repentance and that we regret it and we feel some remorse then what shaitan does is he tries to get us in another way by magnifying the remorse or magnifying the regret and He causes some kind of despondency to set in so then we actually forget about all the characteristics of Allah of mercy and forgiveness and clemency and forbearance and all of those he wants us to focus on Allah's anger and his might and his punishment so that we become totally despondent and we think it's not worth it then you give up So never give up. That's what he's trying to say. So let no sin reach such proportions in your eyes that it cuts you off from having a good opinion about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The only way that's possible obviously is that if a person number one doesn't know who Allah is and what Allah wants to give us and how forbearing it is and how forbearing he is and how forgiving he is and how easy it is to Make him happy, and make him satisfied. Uh, that could be one reason why somebody doesn't feel like he can his, doesn't feel like he can get forgiveness. Uh, or number two, a person knows about this, but it's been made to be forgotten, and something else is in front of the person. So this, uh, all of this, obviously relates to the two really important aspects of our religion, which you've probably heard about. That a person needs to be both uh, with hope but with also some fright. With just pure hope a person is going to just become totally carefree and with too much fright a person is going to become despondent and hopeless and none of those two, uh, those two are both extremes and they're not healthy at all. So that's why every person usually needs to be uh, in between hope and fear. We have to have some hope and some fear, however Depending on where we are on the path of uh, recognizing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and getting close to him. Sometimes you need to have more fear and at other times you actually need more hope. But you have to always have both. You can never do without uh, both of them or without one of them. So you have to have both, but sometimes you could have more than others and you could have a greater dose of one than the other. So essentially the, the way the scholars describe this is that uh, with regards to different types of people, there are three categories of people with regards to hope and fear. He says the people who are initiates, they've just started on their path. So before they were just, just regular, now they're starting to actually focus. Because for people who don't focus on this, they're not even going to care. But for people who are concerned about uh, making Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala happy and Securing for themselves the satisfaction of Allah in the hereafter they're going to be worried about this so when they learn about fear and hope for example The people who start off they need to have more more fear That's always better in the beginning to have more fear because usually a person is very inclined to the dunya very indulgent The person is usually away from the focus on the hereafter They are really like just really shackled to the dunya. So hope is better to first uh, uproot us from that that works much better than hope. So in the beginning. He says They should constantly make the fear side the fear factor dominate themselves So focus on the punishments of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and uh, Read the verses in the Quran where he discusses these things suratul mulk talks about his majesty and so on many other surahs then he says the people who kind of now get onto that path and they're, they're moderately onto the path now somehow They've got some kind of stability on the path uh, They're not struggling as much as they did in the beginning but As they say right? They are <coughs> what they call Ahlul Wasat They're the people of uh, They've gotten a certain, uh, to a certain degree Now they can take an equal dose of hope and fear because they're very balanced now they've understood, they've got a routine in place they've got the right kind of uh, outlook, right perspective, the right kind of motivation so they need to be flying uh, they say that it's like hope and fear are like the two wings of a bird uh, once you take off, you need both wings to be balanced right. initially to take off you need a bit of more throttle but afterwards once you're there Then after that, it just needs to be balanced to keep both sides balanced. So their fear and hope needs to be in balance. People are on a much more advanced level. For them, they must have the hope side, uh, the hope factor. They must have that dominate. Why? We'll explain soon. So if we start off with the people of the beginning, it's because... Usually they they benefit a lot more from the fear factor because it helps them to extract themselves from the bad habits and To get them on doing good. I must do this. Otherwise, I'm gonna be punished. I must do this I fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so it helps them to get on track right and to leave the bad habits and If they do this well right now, they're gonna set themselves off to get to that last Uh, phase where they can have the hope dominate instead and that's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that you better work hard in the beginning then after that we will show you our ways and it will become much easier that's why in Surah Al-Ankabut verse 69 Allah says those who make that effort in our path who strive in our path so he's telling us you're gonna have to work hard in the beginning to get onto the right track give up your bad company give up your bad environment your bad habits that's what we mostly that's what we're struggling with right Right? because with children I mean you can set them on the right path they don't have to struggle so much and then they just have to maintain it but us as adults if we have been on the wrong side of things we've had the wrong company that's what's going to happen a sister called me right now she said that both her and her husband they've been through some bad times Bad times in the sense that they were not as practicing it seemed from what she was explaining and now she's really become more advanced now so she's moved beyond that beginner stage and she's kind of on uh, the middle part of the stage but her husband apparently uh, is still on the beginning part of the stage and how, how do I bring him along because it's having some tension so <clears throat> that's always difficult when husband and wife are generally you, you know people pick spouses according to their levels usually I've seen people, they don't want a more righteous spouse because they feel, I don't know, that I won't be able to have a good time or something. And yet I've seen other people who, uh, you know, are not really very practicing, but they've actually on purpose chosen a pious spouse so that they can get there. Because they know that good company is what helps. So I I told his sister, I said, look, you know, everybody has their own journey. And if you force it, you're going to break it. You could possibly, because there's tension. So I said, so how do you change? Well, look, you know, you probably have company. You probably have friends, your circles and so on, which you've had for 18 years. And now you've changed. Your husband needs to see incentive in what you're doing. He needs to see the benefit rather than being nagging. In this case, you're going to have to show the benefit. You're going to have to have a totally different strategy of showing what's good and why it's benefiting you. You may need a whole new group of uh, associates and friends that you mix with that you can see a lot of people are fearful because they don't understand how to be more practicing they feel they're going to lose out or they're going to lose their enjoyment lose their friends or whatever so i think what's really beneficial is when you see somebody doing good when you see somebody where you want to be where they are already and you actually see them that they also enjoy and they're happy and they're people who are satisfied and they have accomplishment that helps a lot so to change your scene so that's that's what he's saying that in the beginning you have to make some effort you can't just become a wali of allah just like that unless for some reason there's something really good you're doing and allah just chooses you and just totally lifts you one place from one place and puts you in another place Uh, in darul ulum Uh, There was a guy in one of the worst rooms in the boarding. It had the worst characters there really mischievous characters and uh, The supervisor came one day and and said to him I'm gonna change your room Generally uh, Changing your room meant going to a worse room. This was the worst room Right, but he was okay there Right along with all the mischievous guys. He was doing okay. I'm gonna change your room. To which room? The best room in the boarding. That's not a punishment. But he made it look, I mean, secretly inside he felt, oh great, I'm going to a better room. Right? But outwardly he couldn't do that because people might make fun of him, so he protested. But that was, the, that, that was the change for that person, subhanAllah. That was the change for that person because when he shifted to the other room, many of the bad habits went away because a lot of bad habits come because of people around you. Unless you're so evil that you change everybody for the worst. Subhanallah. So change of atmosphere is very, very... Starting to sit with gathering of you know, the people you want to be like is always the most helpful thing Because humans, we need others. We learn from others. We get support from others. We get strength. We derive strength from others. Subhanallah. So if you can't make your own surrounding, you have to find a group like that to sit with. You have to ask Allah, find me somebody, give me, an, uh, give me a companion like that. And then subhanAllah, you, you'll be surprised, you'll find somebody at work. Your colleague will be that force for you sometimes, you'll be surprised. You'll meet somebody on a bus, you'll meet your neighbor, you know, you'll hit it off with somebody in a masjid. And suddenly you'll, you'll have that. But you have to ask Allah. If you want something, ask Allah and He will never deprive you. You really have to ask Allah and make an effort to get it. So, as Allah says, those who make an effort and strive in our path, we will guide them to our pathways, we will guide them to our roads, no, no doubt about that. Right, the people of the middle path, that's because by getting onto that path and changing their whole scenario and getting into doing good action, they've managed to really cleanse their inside. So, they've managed to polish their heart. And purified to a certain degree so their worship now as opposed to the guys on the beginning stages these guys worship comes from the heart there's a lot more spirit and Ruhaniya there's a soul in their worship as opposed to the people in the beginning who have to force themselves and it's a struggle these people they're getting something because their worship is now coming from the inside as well they've got some in inner fervor And sincerity in their worship we can all decide where we are with this so if they if they were to also keep the fear dominant then they would start doing it out of fear again which means they would only do it as a ritual again you only need the fear to get you to at least ritually do the worship even if your heart is not in there but okay i'm going to do my salat i don't want to burn in hell that's why Somebody told me, he says, that's what I used to do it for. Like, I just didn't want hellfire, that's all. That's why I used to at least put down a few rakats right? So I'm putting the form out. Now, the people in the middle who are beyond the form now, they've got some heartfelt fervor in it, some ruhaniyat in it. If they're going to focus on the fear, it's going to go back to just being a ritual. Whereas, al-matloobu minhum, ibadatul bawatin. Their focus now is actually what is uh, their objective is worshipping fully outside and from their heart so that they can reach Allah. Their objective is now I'm doing our love for Allah. They've gotten to that level of doing something for the sake of reaching Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and fearing that I'm going to be away from Allah. They don't care about hellfire as much anymore. Their focus is I don't want to be cut from Allah. I don't want to be the one that is not the one who does not receive the special attention of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala This is too enjoyable. I can't I can't give up these perks So that's why for them Khawf and Raja fear and hope they're both the same They work with both of them just a bit of it uh, each and it works Now those people who have now reached this is something that may be difficult for us because you need the experience for this but for them they've reached such a stage that they're just thinking about Allah all the time they don't think of themselves much anymore they're doing their worldly deeds or whatever but Allah is everywhere for them in the sense that they're always thinking about Allah wherever they are they do everything for Allah they don't notice anything but Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala. so they're just seeing Allah's actions they're just viewing everything as Allah's made me do this Allah's letting me do this Allah's allowed me to do this So whenever they do something It's Allah making me do this It's so present in their heart For example, to give you an idea If you're hungry, right? You know that it's only Allah that can, sati- uh, that can provide satiation Because sometimes you eat And you still don't feel hungry You still need to keep eating and eating Until you've overdone yourself And then you become sick But Many of us, most of us When we're actually eating that food, we're going to think the food is benefiting us Whereas it's actually Allah who's creating the satisfaction, not the food Some people are going to think, no man, it is the food, man, what's wrong with you? Because every time I eat food, I feel satisfied Yes, that's what we see But it's really Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who makes us satisfied That's really what it is These people think about that we might believe in it, but we don't actually think about it when we're going to take a paracetamol We actually thinking a paracetamol is going to get rid of my headache But these people if they did take a paracetamol They're going to think it's Allah who's going to get rid of my headache But I'm just using this as a means because Allah told us to use means So these people they're at that level where it's everything's Allah for them, right? Like, they just witnessing Allah's actions everywhere So for them <coughs> they're just moving along they're just moving along according to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's decree if it's a good deed that they end up that they do they thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and they see in this a gift of Allah whenever they do any good deed which is if it's constant this is a gift of Allah this is a gift of Allah alhamdulillah alhamdulillah constantly thanking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala however if they do happen to do a bad deed They're not prophets, remember, right? If they do happen to fall and do a bit of a bad deed, immediately they recognize that this is bad, so they immediately seek forgiveness, and they they get back into their adab mode with Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. They got lost for a moment; they're back with adab. So they never resort there for too long back to their animalistic side too much. So that's why for them, they would rather be more focused on the hope from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because everything's from Allah then and it's purely from Allah for them. So that's why for them, they don't have to worry about fear as much. They'll still have a bit of fear. They have to, but it's more hope because they're so connected to Allah. They just need more hope from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Imam Shafi'i rahimahullah, he's a poet as well. He got some very deep, insightful poetry. This is what he says. فَلَمَّا قَلْبِي مَذَاهِبِي جَعَلْتُ مِنِّي لِعَفْوِكَ When my heart became hard and my options became restricted. He probably went through some experience in life. He says then, I designated hope. I designated hope in your forgiveness as my staircase. That hope I could use as an escalator to get to your forgiveness. He says, my sin was massive in my sight. It was magnified in my sight however when I compared it to your forgiveness and your pardon the pardoning of my Lord then I found your pardon to be much greater than my sin see he's a person who recognizes Allah so he can look at that and balance himself Because you are the one of immense generosity, and grace, and bounties. You are generous, you are forgiving as a gift and as honor. So he says, I don't know. I don't know what... You know, I I don't know what my situation is. Am I going to go and move on to a a garden for which, in which I'll be greeted? Or is it going to be to the blaze? And then I would be, I would be very regretful. Surah Al-Zumar verse 53 Say, that O oh, my servants who have transgressed against themselves, O oh, sinners, essentially people who've messed up, don't become despondent from Allah's mercy because Allah forgives all sins. Inna Allah huwa Rahim, because He is the most forgiving and the most merciful one. He tells us at this point to think of the story of the ninety-nine people, the guy who killed ninety-nine people. It's an interesting story, he kills 99 people, he goes to, he goes to this worshipper, not a scholar, a worshipper, a very devoted worshipper, what, what do you think, 99 people i have killed, any kind of hope for me? He says, how can there be hope for you, you kill 99 people, come on, like, what kind of hope is there going to be for you? So then he said, okay, I'll make it 100, and he made it 100, he killed this guy as well. I don't know, maybe Allah wanted to give him shahadat or something, I don't know but from his perspective that was that then he comes to an alim finds an alim a scholar who knows Allah knows Allah's attributes he asks him and he says so that person says who, who can come between you and Tawbah nobody you have direct access to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala but for that you're gonna to have to change company company is very important to change you can't you can't straighten yourself if you're gonna keep in the bad company it's just not gonna happen it's too powerful. Unless you're the influence and you change everybody. Go to such and such a place and there's good people there. You can worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with them. And stay with them until you die. So as he's on the way, he's only halfway through. He's actually still closer to the place he was leaving. And then he dies. So now the angels are arguing. The good angels and the angels that take bad people. Like I'm taking him, I'm taking him. So they said, okay, fine. Uh, let's... Measure the distance from where he was going and to where he's going. Whichever one's shorter. So Allah has everything in his hand. This is where Allah subhanAllah likes that act. So then he changes everything for you. So what he said to the land that he was going from, you just increase a bit. Sorry, you short uh, yeah, you increase a bit. And the other land he said you decrease a bit, contract yourself. So when they measured he was actually closer to the destination, so they took him to paradise. Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammad Sheikh Abu abbas al-Mursi uh, Another great scholar He's actually one of the grand shaykhs of Ibn al Iskandari He says Al-Ammatu idha khuwifu khafu When the regular people in the beginning You know when they're given fear They generally do become fearful You give them a bad story They will become fearful usually Wa idha rujju rajaw But when they're given hope They also get hope رَجَوْ Whereas the elect people, the very special people who have uh, advanced, they're people who if they, if they become fearful, they get hope. And when they get hope, they get fear. Because they know when to do that. You can never be without fear. You can never get to a stage where there's no fear. There's always going to have to be fear that I don't become complacent. So uh, in order to summarize this, um, he says that the common people, the normal people who are initiates and beginners, they they usually always dealing with the apparent meaning of the aḥkam. They've not got a soul in there yet, so they they always like, oh, I have to do my salat, right? I have to do these acts, I have to do four rakats, and I have to make sure I finish it on time, and you know, they've got that kind of a focus rather than I need to do it for Allah. Is Allah going to be happy? Was my Salat good enough? Totally different focus. Was my Salat good enough? The other one was that, I hope I got it right. But this one was, I know I got it right, but was it good enough? Was it acceptable? So, when those kind of people are given a fear factor, they definitely feel fearful. Because they have no other way to understand this. They, they can't look at They don't know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala enough to be able to use anything else to move themselves along. The fear works best for them. However, the people who uh, have, uh, mashallah, who already know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when they're given fear, they actually get hope as well. Because they know that behind all of that fear, there's characteristics in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that promise so much. They never forget those. They know the... Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's rahmah and his mercy in the verses. So that's why they try to focus on pleasing Allah. And as soon as you start focusing on pleasing Allah, rather than just fulfilling an obligation, once your focus turns away from the worship to actually pleasing Allah in that worship, then that becomes a much more superior act. And they always, you see, the, the, the people who are advanced, even if they have a lot of hope, they're going to be worried that is Allah testing them. So then I said, no, I better be fearful that I'm not being tested here. Sulaiman alayhis was tested. The prophets are tested in that sense. And they have to recognize it's a test. When we say test, it wasn't through difficulties. Sulaiman alayhis salam's test was not through difficulties. It was through being, giving, give, being given a lot. Say that, are you going to be shakir are you going to be thankful to allah so the people who are up there allah tests them in their different ways and they usually pass in flying with flying colors anyway one day Junaid al-baghdadi rahimahullah he went to visit his shaykh study as-saqati and he found that he was in a contracted state he was not very exhilarated so he said what's wrong shaykh why do i see you like this in this kind of almost like depressed state like you don't seem very excited today he said yes there was this young man who came to ask me a question and uh, the question he asked was can you tell me what the reality of Tawbah and repentance is what's the reality of Tawbah like how do we keep it in motion and how do we make sure that our Tawbah that we do uh, stands afterwards so I said to him that you should never forget your sin if you want your Tawbah to be sincere don't ever forget your sin so then the youth said to me, but isn't the tawbah that you forget your sin? That is erased, that you should forget your sin. Now it kind of sounds like a very theological discussion, doesn't it? I'm thinking, you better not forget your sin. And he's saying, but aren't you supposed to forget your, forget your sin? And that's what will eventually mean that you know, you've eradicated it. And then he went. And I'm like, now he's really confused me. So Junaid, he says, what he said was right what that young man said was actually correct because think about it if I'm in a disobedient state and then I manage to get out of that disobedient state and now my heart is pure about something so imagine I had a bad thought about somebody and now Allah Ta'ala has purified that if I start feeling bad again in that state of cleanliness, I'm gonna mess it up again. So he's actually right. You shouldn't be focused on your sins anymore. But you should be fearful of doing them again, but you shouldn't be focused on that. So you see different perspectives. So what the teacher was looking at, Sariya Sakati was thinking about people in their beginning state, but maybe that young man was actually in a very advanced state. So he was looking at it differently. So uh, inshallah we will continue the rest of it later because he says for indeed whoever knows his lord will consider the sin that he's already completed to be very insignificant next to his generosity inshallah we'll look at that next time but we ask allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to move us from beyond the beginning so that our worships have a soul too and we're not doing it just to fulfill the ritual May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us those kind of people with a balance, hope and rajah, fear and hope. And may Allah make it easy for us. Allahumma <speaking in Hebrew> Allah have mercy on us. Allah, we ask for your special attention, we ask for your generosity, we ask for your bounties Oh Allah, we ask for your forgiveness, forgive us our misdeeds, our wrongs Forgive us our negligences, oh Allah, forgive us our laziness Oh Allah, forgive us <clears throat> for our sins and transgressions Oh Allah, forgive us and purify us, oh Allah, purify us Oh Allah, we have nobody else we can turn to, only you can we turn to And O Allah, we know that you're the merciful Lord, you're the generous Lord, you're the benevolent Lord. Ya Allah, we know that you're just looking for an excuse. O Allah, our worships aren't up to standard. Our offerings are not complete. O Allah, we are embarrassed with what we do. But O Allah, move us from the beginning stages to the more advanced stages. O Allah, allow our worships to be filled With the soul that is required, with the love that is required, with the attention and the focus that is required. Oh Allah, do not let our worships be thrown back on our forehead and in a rejected state. Oh Allah, make them accepted ones. Oh Allah, allow us to love you. And Oh Allah, we ask that you, you love us. Oh Allah, grant us your love and the love of those people who will benefit us in your court. Oh Allah. Grant us good company Remove us from bad company and bad friends And bad habits and bad attitudes Bad behavior and bad conduct O Allah, we ask that you do not allow us to leave here Without being changed And without being more connected to you Than when we came here O Allah, allow your mercies (coughs) Your mercies and your forgiveness to envelope us O Allah, purify us Especially from those sins that have been part of our life for a very long time, and those sins that ha- that are part of our life and we don't even consider them sin- sins anymore. O oh, Allah, grant us the strength to turn towards to You. O oh, Allah, grant us halawat al-iman and the sweetness of faith, O oh, Allah, so that it becomes easier for us. O oh, Allah, we wake up in the morning and we have good intentions, but O oh, Allah, we fail by the evening. And likewise, in the evening, sometimes we have a good intention, but by the morning we have failed. O oh Allah, protect us from all the calamities and all the evil that you have created out there. Protect us from the fitnas and the challenges that are out there. O oh Allah, the, not just the misdeeds, but the misunderstandings, the misconceptions, O oh Allah, and the wrong ideas that are out there. O oh Allah, protect us, protect the entire Muslim community, protect all the Muslim countries. O oh Allah, allow them to do that which is right. And allow them to do which is correct. Protect us and our progenies and children until the day of judgment. Oh Allah, bless everybody here and everybody that is listening. Oh Allah, accept from all of us. And oh Allah, make us of those who are advanced in their faith and who are steadfast on their faith. And oh Allah, accept from us. سُبْحَانَ رَبِّكَ رَبِّ الْعِزَّةِ عَمَّا وَالسَّلَامُ الْمُرْسَلِينَ وَالْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ رَبِّ العالمين. JazakAllah khair for listening. May Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala bless you. And if you're finding this useful, you know, um, uh, as they say, do that like button and subscribe button and forward it on to others. JazakAllah khair and Assalamu Alaikum wa Rahmatullahi wa Barakatuh.